new video game. Bullshit. My name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author and collector extraordinaire. My latest book, The Complete NES, was a Kickstarter sensation, is fully funded, and ready to rock and roll. I also have a Patreon book series called The Video Game Culture Chronicles that you could subscribe to at patreon.com slash the subcon3. And we've got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs. Uh collector of all things vintage and retro uh, pretty much anything video game related also collect figures vinyl vhs tap handles old beer signs and old beer steins please call our number leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS there's someone on game faqs who's dedicated to finding like Every single Vice City glitch, and oh, yeah. he's, there's hundreds, and that's like his hobby. It's great, like, but those games, I mean, it's so you can go out to the very edge of like the border of space, you know? Yeah, and then you can like test things. And I mean, that's the thing about even like the newer games. People are doing the same thing because like, how far does it go? Yeah, and it, it, the thing is, when you have a game where you can do whatever, like people want to see what you can do with it, like with. GTA 5, like, you can't un-derail the train. So people are sitting there trying to <laughs> put pile as many trucks in front of the train, and they watch them all go flying. And, oh, that's cool. Like, you can't mess. So people are sitting there trying to push everything to the level. Even with, like, the hacks and stuff, like, people are, like, modding GTA 5 on the computer, and somebody grabbed, like, a big-ass piece of like metal or something and put it on the front of a truck and they're using it as a ramp and just like driving and all the cars are going flying everywhere i love that shit because it's you can you can it's up to you in a way there's limits but it's up to you to kind of like cheat the system exactly like um there was like a race in vice city where if you can get a tank and blow up the car that you're racing against, it's like a supercharged car that doesn't exist in the game itself. It's like a turbo saber, but it's like, it's super fast. Uh, it's like the only type that I think of that kind you can get is on that mission. You have to kill the guy with the tank, and then you have to push the carcass of the car... Into your garage. Yeah, and, yeah. and then it'll pop up and uh, be like new, but... Yeah, it's stuff like that. Like, let's see, like, what if we can do this? Or, like, <laughs> since you can't get that car in the game, you can still get it, but you only have one chance to get it. What's What's crazy, though, is, like, nowadays, when people find glitches, they patch them. Oh, yeah, because now it's version 3 million point five or whatever. And they have that whole trophy or achievement points, like, depending on which system you play it on. 
so like there's gamer scores and all that shit. So basically if you're cheating, you can cheat the system and get a higher gamer score without earning it. And there's a big craziness. And I, I remember GTA five had a glitch where my uh, nephew Nate uh, was able to get like millions and millions and millions of dollars by doing some car glitch. And like, so basically he got a ton of money which you can use online in GTA to buy shit. Like, and they didn't, they caught the glitch and then patched it, but everybody got to keep their money. Yeah, because you can't take that away. But but the thing was, is like my wife didn't do the glitch because she didn't want her account to get banned. Because that could, that's a possibility. They could ban people's accounts to use a glitch. Well, it's technically theft. Because if money is currency in the game, then it, that's that's where it reaches a weird line, like a gray area. Because technically you could buy fake currency with real money. <laughs> it has monetary worth, therefore you are stealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, you're, if you're still manipulating the system, though, that's in place, it's in the game. He didn't do anything like put a cheat device on or anything. He did a certain sequence of events in the game that existed in the game i say that's completely legal it's in the game it's meant to happen it may not it may not have been intended by the programmers but they mm-hmm. left it they didn't catch it so they're bad in my opinion i would say it's ethical until you realize that you're not doing like the right thing yeah and, and the, the other side though is i mean to me games are meant to have fun with so if he's having fun with it i mean it's not killing anybody (laughs) yeah it's just that's where like if someone else is paying money for it and you aren't that's where the issue comes in like ethically someone else is like paying their paycheck and you aren't so you're exploiting so that's why they had to fix that but again like i wouldn't charge you if you found that i would be like damn you're pretty fucking good man well and there's also the aspect of people just Buying and paying for shit because they're too lazy to unlock it or not skilled enough to unlock stuff. I would totally exploit that. I'm not sitting here holier yeah. than thou. I would actually be like what what your nephew is doing. I, I would actually sit up for probably 10 hours doing that straight. I, I Hell yeah. I, I think <laughs> you would. I'm not fucking around, man. But I, I think that there's like the new WWE game. You can pay 10 bucks or something and your created character can be maxed out in the universe mode where you're playing a new career as a new WWE superstar. Whereas, like, when I started, I was at, like, 60. And everybody else start is at 80 on the roster. You're at 60, so you got to, like, bust your ass to try to win a match where you can pay 10 bucks and they'll put you at 99 or whatever. <laughs> Let you be maxed out. Rich kids win. Yeah, so, it, it, I mean, we're, if if in that point greed can win, then why can't you take advantage of the situation and exploit the shit out of it? And as far as I'm concerned, like, I am ethical to some degree, but I have no loyalty to big fucking corporations. That's the other side. I do not give a shit because they are swimming in money, and there's people in Uganda who are fucking starving, so you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, the, the converse to the... um. GTA 5 thing is that not everybody pays for that shit. You pay for that shit because you're too lazy to earn it in the game. You could run around and kill hookers for hours and take 10 bucks at a time and get millions of dollars. So just because they found a glitch where you can get millions of dollars in 
or a million dollars every time instead of ten dollars or something however whatever the glitch was like that they found that you know what i mean like it'd be the same thing if they went and ran and did a bunch of heists and the other thing that gta did to counteract that is is that they created like specialty heists and did stuff like that where you could earn a lot of money in a week, certain weekends and stuff. So if you play during these certain weekends, you can earn millions of dollars for your heists. Well, and that's what's kind of funny about the miracle of self-justification. Yeah. Because your wife saw the issue right away. Mm-hmm. She knew it was wrong. That's why she didn't take part in it. But you can explain it. You can explain it right, though. <laughs> that's the beauty of Devil's Advocate. But even though you could explain that, like she didn't want a chance losing her character that she earned either. The fact that she knew she might lose that character meant that she knew something was wrong with that glitch. You see where my cousin knew that he could possibly lose his character but didn't give a shit because he was having fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that you know you can lose it, you, it's like you know you're breaking a rule. Exactly. So that's the thing. I mean, like if you kill hookers for hours when you're not breaking any rules but it'll take for it'll take like till your hair is gray (laughs) you know it's a risk versus reward and what you want to do but i personally i have no loyalty and i would totally go for it i mean i don't yeah something that i had loyalty for and it wouldn't not at all well just imagine though like would you do that glitch if you had 200 hours into your character and you could possibly lose it (laughs) no and, and that's and that was Andrew, that was my wife's thing is that she had hundreds of hours into her character and and let's go into the magnifying glass small business yeah would I do that glitch if I knew you you own the server yeah no or if I was Rockstar <laughs> no because I know you and that's why the corporation's just like a beast and small like companies brick and mortar homebrew we know these people it's different yeah. They're not just a fucking logo splashed on a billboard. <laughs> That's the problem. Because big business, and I work for a huge corporation, is just like, it's just a beast. It's exactly that. It's just eating, and it's looking for more food. And that's all it wants is consumption. I mean, that's it. But actually, the smaller people are the ones who have the passion and want to make it something special and something that, in their hearts, they feel is right. So... And that's where my loyalty, and I'm, of course your loyalty, stands forever. Well, it's it's the same thing, and we could jump into a, a crazy topic. It's the same thing as downloading and illegally dumping uh, ROMs of homebrew NES games. Oh, yeah, because somebody made that, and someone, you're basically taking a game that's still on the market, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like say, for example... Um, a ROM that exists like Battle Kid. Savox still selling Battle Kid on RetroUSB.com. If you go and download the game and just play, just to play the game, like he's, you're kind of being a dick to a person who's making a homebrew game on his off time. <laughs> it's not like he's Capcom. He's a person. Yeah, and it's not like you're downloading a Mega Man 2 ROM, speaking of Capcom. That's not hurting Capcom, because they've already made their money on Mega Man 2 for the <laughs> NES. You know what the argument on that is, though? That they're still selling it on the Nintendo eShop, and Capcom makes a little bit of money out of that. So that, that's a good point. Yeah. So now so, what? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, is it... I mean, that the whole ROM thing is always going to be a contested argument. And, I mean, and any collector would say, oh, well... 
you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't download ROMs because it devalues my games. But the the irony is is that a true collector isn't even playing the games, which is sad. <laughs> what about like Mame and stuff like yeah, like your, the Xbox and all that. And, and that's that's the thing too is that there's the fine line between preserving them as well and. The main thing is a huge one for me because, yeah. like, dude, not too many people have basements or a pole barn in their fucking yard that, that they can dedicate to a full arcade and have the know-how to keep maintaining them and have the time to upkeep everything and make it look pristine. Like, if you have an entire arcade in your house, I my hat's off to you, and I'm jealous because I wish I had that kind of space and didn't have to move so much. I wish I could fix all the shit that goes wrong, too. Like- so, so, like, something like MAME on a computer or, you know, what we prefer, the coin ops on a Xbox, where it's, like, portable. I could bring it over to your house and we could play every fucking arcade game. Like, that stuff to me is awesome because the arcades are so huge and cumbersome. And a lot of games I wouldn't put in my game room because of space considerations. Like um, games like Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, is amazing. However, to dedicate a giant floor space for a four-player Ninja Turtles would be a a waste of space for a game that you would play once a year. And the only way I would do that is if it was the center of a turtle shrine. I think that's, that's the only way it would work. And you had infinite space. It's huge. And if you were, like, the biggest turtle fan in the freaking, like, galaxy or something. And that's not, like, an arcade game room, then. That's a different no, niche. No, yeah. Absolutely not. It would be like having uh, Freddy Krueger uh, Nightmare on Elm Street pinball put it in your horror shrine. Exactly. Which would be amazing. But, um... That's a big machine, though. That fucking turtle's one's big, man. Well, that's the thing, though. It's a good example, because like, it's huge. Yeah, because, like, Ninja Turtles, X-Men, the six-player one's fucking yeah. gigantic. Simpsons, or Hosses, for sure. All those games, Simpsons is another one. Like, yeah. we all played those as a kid. They're great. They're nostalgic. I love them. Button masher. But we're not going to... But we're not <laughs> going to... Number one, we're not going to play them with quarters. So you're going to put them on free play. And you're going to play it and beat it in less than an hour or an hour and then not play it again for a year until you get nostalgic for it again. So do you really want something that takes up a gigantic amount of space in your game room when there's other arcade machines such as a Donkey Kong or a Centipede or a Wizard of War? I can get obscure on people. Zookeeper. (laughs) They're super obscure. But um, they're high score run games, though, where you're not going to be able to, even if... It's, it's not the richest kid in the arcade that's going to be able to beat it. You have to have skill. And there's always a replayability in that. And taking, so that's like the next tier. And then taking that to the next tier, it's like, that's just still one game, whereas the Xbox is like a million. Well, and, and that's it. So with the MAME or Xbox or any of that. Put it in an arcade and bam, you have all of them. And you can have everything. And so, I mean, there's... There's no reason to, and the the irony is, is that you know me loving the arcade and things. Like I still prefer to chill in, in my couch and play some video games. So like I don't, I, I I'm a console gamer, so I like to sit down and play. So another benefit of having, you know, a consoleized main box on the Xbox is that I can play it like video games. Yeah, I saw the arcade as almost like a social thing. I when I think of yeah. arcades, I, I think of. Obviously, you know your ticket type, uh, like Chuck E. Cheese, Wright's Barnyards, uh, Celebration Stations. But I, you know, I also think of like roller rinks, 
Yeah. And, uh, just parties and the birthday parties we'd always have at those places. Bowling alleys. Well, that's why, like nowadays, like the 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 bar the barcades, being able to drink and play games is very attractive to us now, as adults. That was one too that is like an interesting split. I don't mean to go into a whole another direction, but the alcohol needed to play games. A lot of people are like on the fence of that. Yeah, it's, it's too like it's. They're almost taking advantage of you because now you can't play as good. Well, most of the alcohol establishments, all the games are on free play anyways. You pay like a, a price. You either pay for the beer and can play or you're paying like $10, $20 to play all day. Because I've never been the one like that. I've been to the one like, um, I wish I had one by here. I, we Let's see, the Galloping Ghost one is no alcohol, but it's free play for 15 bucks, And then the other one... Uh, and it's actually called, I think, Video Game Emporium, like the yeah. childhood store <laughs> that I talk about. That one's mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yep. That one, they actually charge you fucking everything, quarters for the games and for the drinks. So, I mean, no one's putting a gun in your head or nothing, but it goes hand in hand because the more you drink, the worse you get. So it's like you'll always be pumping in quarters. I, I really think, though, that the coolest part about where arcade gaming is fun nowadays because especially because you mentioned the social aspect is oh yeah the, the the ton of conventions that are going on every convention you go to they have arcade rooms some are bigger than others but like midwest gaming classic is a perfect example because they have pinballs everywhere arcade games everywhere on free play and you're there with buddies and you're playing arcade games that is that is the closest that we're going to get to a classic arcade experience nowadays because there's so many people like back in the day when we, when we would all go to arcades now there's so many people that go to these conventions and it's like a nostalgic experience it brings back the classic arcade time so like i don't see myself wanting to do a full like arcade with a bunch of craziness in it it would be specific games because in the end like I would prefer to sit on my couch and play them anyways. When I picture myself in an arcade, I definitely don't have a beer in my hand. No, no. It's it's a Pepsi and maybe a slice of pizza. That's what's in my hand. <laughs> and that's and usually it's like I play some games, then I go sit down and we eat some pizza, and then we go back and play more. Yeah. That's, like, I don't usually, like, I, I consider, like, playing the games as its own, like, focus yeah like it's its own like drug i mean the classic with pizza was chuck e cheese or showbiz pizza like you go there eat your pizza and go play some arcade yeah like photon was another one that was the one where i saw mortal kombat 2 for the first time and it's just like people were just freaking out man so, so that was the irony is like andrea i guess likes to sit on couch or is like i am is that i saw on a facebook group today that somebody had a mortal kombat 2 um joystick like the actual like for the arcade the the two joysticks with all the buttons oh the whole like, deal the whole yeah like what do they call that panel i don't know yeah just the control panel for it okay and it was like 30 bucks or something and then pay for like 40 bucks for shipping or something because it's heavy as shit it's not bad so 70 bucks and technically i have a mortal kombat 2 board still and you could hook that up jamma and put video out to it i can plug it into a tv that is true. And she was like, eh, no, I'm good. Because <laughs> we've already had Mortal Kombat 2 arcade game.
Then there's the newness factor, and you can definitely like relate to this one with the MK2 because something your wife always wanted. But there's the yeah. newness factor, and you cannot recreate newness. Actually, there's a chick that I work with. She has like a buying problem. She she returned a thousand dollars worth of clothes, uh, shoes, and all that type of shit because she goes on these binges. She likes to buy. There's nothing like the feeling of something new, and then then when it wears off, you're left with the emptiness of like I'm not interested anymore. I, I think there's a lot of retro game collectors that do that. Yes. I mean, our, our classic was was Wiz. Um, the the Michelin Man buddy, uh, he um constantly he loves to hunt. Like he's he's always been collecting something or some certain aspect, like Famicom games or Neo Geo games. Or he was collecting arcades, and he has a tiny house, and he would rotate through like one or two arcades or pinballs. And like he always, every time we talked to him, we're like, "Wait, you don't have that anymore?" Like we were helping you like hunt stuff, like hardcore. And I think he just he loves the thrill of the hunt. And imagine how many people are on Nintendo Age right now, and they're like so close to completing their collection, and once they do, the hollowness sets in, and then they sell the sell the shit. Yeah, it's like the secret. It's one of the secrets to wisdom, actually, because mm-hmm. you know it's like the hindsight before. So you have foresight now because it's the same thing over and over again. Like you already know, kind of like the succession of the events that that are going to happen. You know, you're going to really want it. You're going to really want to buy it. Then you're going to get online and look for it. It's like a ritual, and then you find the deal you want, and then you decide to buy it, and then you wait for it, and then you watch reviews online and get excited <laughs> when it finally comes in, and then you put it on a shelf, and then that's it. See, that's, like, the, the craziness is that, <laughs> it's like... nuts, man. Me having to move, like, every three years and all of that, like, I've went through my phases already without having to max out my credit card or, you know, buy up everything because basically, like, my, my current thing is is that I play some newer stuff with, like, the wife or, like, I still get my Marios and my Zeldas, my, my Nintendo franchises, because I enjoy those. So so I buy games, that, newer stuff that I enjoy, and I support the newer stuff on the retro systems. So, like, so the homebrew stuff, like, I talked about the homebrew stuff in, the, you know, the last, the last recording, and, um, you know, I support all that because it's awesome that people are, you know, doing this as a hobby of theirs and actually producing new new content on shit that we love so i I support that everything else like i'm happy to play the nintendo games on an everdrive or a power pack something that we can put an sd card and play everything i'm fine with that everything all the games that i played as a kid like i pretty much have those all boxed and if i go out and go hunting for stuff because my me and the wife go to goodwills and stuff like that um, just for fun to see what we can find because just like you, Kyle, we collect everything. So, like, we, I, I call it I collect cool shit. I, something that's really cool, like, I'll I'll pick it up. And it's, it's I, I, I'm to your point where we both pretty much don't need anything and we rarely get anything anymore. Um, my wife more so, she, you know, is the little dirty eBay reseller. So, basically... There's hardly anything that we can justify holding on to anymore. That's true too. 
if we buy it for a dollar and it's worth 10, like she can make 10 bucks on it. Like, go ahead. Like, it's cool. You get the thrill of the hunt. And then my wife gets to make some profit on it. Um, it's generally very rarely ever video games that she buys. Because if it's ever anything cool for video games, I'm probably going to keep it. So she doesn't ever find them. Like, I, I think the last thing that she found that was really retro and rare for video games was she found Sega Ages on the Saturn, and I still have it, so. <laughs> yeah, sure, specialties in, like, um, a lot of, like, Barbie clothes or, like... Old toys. Especially with the, the, the female aspect. Yes. And actually, that's a strength, because guys are into collecting. Women, mm. as, a, as a broad scope, are not. That's why guys are looked at as weird by a lot of women because they're collectors, and that's why guys are obsessed with women who collect because it's rare. And the epitome of making something collectible is having something that nobody was collecting. <laughs> so if she's finding the stuff, if she finds the stuff that nobody was looking at collecting and people are still trying to find them, I mean, the classic is the, um, the retro hair curlers that actually heat up your hair better than the new ones. And people want those because they work better. Wow. <laughs> she like was selling those for like buying them for two bucks and selling them for fifty online for like months. Yeah, those female, <laughs> this female stuff because it's like a niche that she knows and so many, and we don't know. No, we don't know the fuck this Barbie like jackets like worth like seventy bucks or whatever. I mean, fuck. And I mean, we're a video game podcast, and video games, like, you don't see them like you used to out, out in the wild. Because like, all so. the guys are like us, where the women are, like, rare when they're... That's why you you held on to yours. It's, like, special. That's why yeah, Daria's I mean, awesome, because she's special. Like, they're yeah. special. Women collectors are, like, few and far between. Yeah. It's just what it is. I don't know why, but it's just what it is. It is what it is. I yeah. Mean. But, I mean, the thing is, is, like, I've always, like, I've, I've actually, going full circle, have changed how I've collected. Because, you know, we were both going for full collections and craziness. And, I mean, my book is on the full NES collection. And, I mean, sitting over at the Retro Museum, we have everything Sans, Flintstones 2, and Stadium events. Legit. So. <laughs> we could own both of them if we wanted Flintstones 2 and Stadium Events but like gives a fuck we already know what's gonna happen we already know it's not gonna solve the world the world's problems you know it's just a, it's just a, a, a little goal that we had and well for, for us the collecting fun. is all all have been about the experience and hanging out and the stories of finding them and we'll get Flintstones 2 and Stadium Events eventually maybe and if we do, it'll be a great story because we're not going to buy it on eBay. We're not going to buy it on Nintendo Age or a forum. We're going to find it. And if we find it, it'll be a great story. <laughs> and just like all our other stories, it'll be amazing. Yeah, my whole thing with the collecting the whole the NES deal is like, I just, uh, pretty much the only reason when I went to Toys R Us and walking through that aisle, I was just blown away at how many just games there were. So I was like, there's no way anyone could ever own all these. So I was just like, wouldn't it be a fucking trip if between Jeff and I, like, we had all... Yeah, and, and like, that's why, like, I've progressed to kind of almost getting rid of a lot of my card-only NES 
um, besides for my special games and doing the whole NES box shrine. And I may still even get some of the games that I got rid of card only. It's just if I find them, then it'll be a great story. And it's a newness collection thing. And I'm not going to buy them expensive. I'm going to find it cheap or, you know, from buddies. I do have a pretty cool story, actually, talking about the NES boxes. All right. Um, so back old episode um, when I did the Nintendo, the, the camping trip. When I did the, remember I, I talked about all the boxed NES games that I got? I remember all of them with great detail. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what was one of them? That you got? You got River City Ransom. Hell yeah, he remembers. Got to test the steel trap every once in a while. Yes. <laughs> Here's why I love Nintendo Age, and you know, because I got a lot of cool friends, is that I never paid Dennis for the boxes because we were working at a price, and we never we were too drunk that whole week. <laughs> the whole week to uh, come up with the price. And we're like, oh, we'll work on it later. And we'll ch- I'll trade you some Famicom games. And he's like, oh, sweet. I mean, he, he has a buddy who's looking for Famicom games. He uses trade bait, whatever. And he ended up going because he's still in college. And he was sitting there going in college and sidetracked and drunk or whatever. And I get back to him finally. I'm like, hey, dude, we never settled up. How much do I owe you? And he's like, dude, it was just your birthday. Happy birthday. All those boxes. Wow. I was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> and a lot of them were like box only because I didn't need need the games. But like, dude, I was like, what? <laughs> like, I need to uh, do something special for the for the dudes. He's really cool. Yeah, friend. Sure, really man. cool fucking friend. And that's the thing. It's not even a cool dude or a cool guy. Like, he's a friend. And that's how I feel about a lot of the people that we, we meet in the hobby is that they're they're good friends. You know, we're not co-located or we don't hang out on weekends and drink beer, but, you know, it's there's some really cool people. Yeah, I feel the bond, man. Yeah, like, it's awesome. So, like, and he's actually pretty local. Like, I think I drive past where he goes to school. He's from Chicago, but um, he goes to school out here in D.C. So, yeah, I definitely need to have him over and get him drunk or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much your your tale, you know, from up here, went down there, yeah. Yeah, the, but, like, dude, that was a crazy come full circle, because that was an episode we talked about all the, the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But but that's the thing, though, is that that's an awesome story now. Like, I'm, I'm not collecting the NES boxes, but I have an NES box display, and if I find something that's cooler than what I currently have on display, I'll pick it up, and I'll have a cool story behind it. It'll be awesome. But the thing is, I'm not in any hurry to get them. So I'm not going online and buying them. I'm not even doing lowball bids on eBay or anything. I don't even care enough. I'm kind of... I've gotten the ones that I I wanted, and now I'm kind of in the same spot. Like, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have a cool little story behind any game that I get or anything. Because it's more fun. And any new thing I get now is, like has to be like an ordeal of like where is it gonna go how are we gonna make room for it what are we gonna do like it's i'm totally maxed out now your collection is like you need to do like a, a serious video tour of your place because like there is no room like people don't understand listening on the podcast like your place is like shangri-la for 80s and 90s kids like like it's everything <laughs> you could ever want and the room is maxed out like everything has this little place Everything is full, though. Like there's like it's it's a major ordeal when you add any little piece. 
Yeah, and it's it's not in a cluttery way either. No, it's, so it's everything not. has like a, its own like personal space. How people need their space. Well, like we've talked about know? the collectors who throw their shit in the corner. That's not us. Like we <laughs> we we display it and make it look cool, and that's the epitome. Is that? <laughs> and there's also the ones who put too much to where it's like overwhelmingly like cluttery. Yours, yours is definitely a fine line, and I think it goes to that border of artistic, where it's like it actually has a cool quality to it. Like yours is definitely like people would say it's cluttered. However, it all goes together and looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, I could see someone who doesn't look at it closely, like or geez. somebody who doesn't collect video games or or does isn't nostalgic for appreciate it. Appreciate like, it. Yeah. Look at all that. Like, imagine your dad in there. Look at oh all yeah. Sh- look at all that shit. In there. He like freeze like I want you. Like it's not as bad as you think, man. Me and Jeff are cheap. Trust me. We're scroungers, dude. <laughs> well, and you never got rid of anything either. It's no. not like you bought this all in a year. That's the crazy people that, that get into the fucking collection and then just like, or get into the hobby and then just spend thousands to buy everything online. There is something. Oh, on Nintendo Age right now, there is an auction for 8 bit Xmas 2008, and it's over $1,200. <laughs> the cartridge only. 8-bit, and, like, that crazy Mofasa guy, like, bid over, he's bidding, like, $1,200 or something. He bought Secret of Mana 2 the other day. People were like, why do we even try to outbid him? It's funny. And that's a fucking reproduction. That isn't even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think he got the time, that was the Time Walk version, so there's people who collect that company's releases when they were making reproductions because they did pretty cool box arts and stuff. But still, it's a reproduction. Someone's like 140, he's like 200. (laughs) (laughs) Just like destroys everybody. Oh, like like, there's the classic, like people are bidding like 50 bucks and he's like $400. (laughs) It's like, dude, you went from 50 (laughs) to 400. But basically like, so it'd only be 51, right? Like how does, and I've never done a Nintendo Wage auction. No, no, it's whatever you bid. Four hundred. Yeah. Jeez. So he's like gold child. He's like, mm-hmm. where does he live in? Like India in a palace or what? I, he's we call him the Saudi prince. <laughs> <laughs> it's little, it just sounds like it because like I don't know. Possible. Yeah, he's he's somewhere over there. The, the irony was is that <laughs> he um. That's amazing. He actually got the box, the wooden box version of my um. He was the one. He was one of them, and then he backed out. Oh. And I'm like, dude, like you're bidding thousands of dollars on games. And he's like, well, I just want to get the game immediately. I don't want to wait. So he's like, I'll just buy it later. And I'm like, dude. And I had to explain this to him. I'm like, one person is buying it, and I know who it is. He's not going to sell it. He's keeping it for his collection. There's only going to be one box made. So if you don't buy it, there's not going to be one for you to buy, dude. He's like, oh, I'll still get one. That's what he told me. No, I've somehow a little like oil man. It's hilarious Rockefeller over here. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing though. <laughs> Think about it like like this. Like the guy who's getting the the box could be stubborn, but like million dollar man style. Like I have my prototype box here. He might just throw some crazy ass number at me. Everyone has a price. I, exactly, because and the other thing is, is that time also. So, like, I have my prototype Mother 3 box that I did a while ago. If they throw some crazy-ass number at me, I might sell it. But I don't want to. I created it. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. want to get rid of anything that I created that's up in my, like, little creation area. I have, like, a, my own little shelf of all the stuff I've released, which is fun. But, like, Million Dollar Man comes over and offers me a ridiculous amount of money. Like, hey, my family can go on a vacation right now. Yeah, that, that's the way, man. I've had people seriously offering me, like, five grand for that Mother 3. That's nuts. And I was like, okay, and it never panned out. But I've, it's not the f- only one time. It's happened like two or three times with these crazy big baller guys coming in. And I think he might have been one that was talking crazy numbers and stuff. And I'm like, well, dude, if you're willing to spend that much, I'll, I'll part with it. <laughs> like, I'll take my family to Disney and have a great time. Absolutely. Because that's my other thing, too, is that like I'll have fun with my family and make a good time as well. I I do it all. I do it all. Well, that's actually the most important thing because mm-hmm. when you realize, well, I want to live in a hole for my whole life, just scrounging and pinching pennies, and then my my daughter grows up and never got to go to Disney. It's the key <laughs> of like the people that are with you. When you grow older, you you realize it more. And when people basically like, you know, you realize people aren't immortal. Yeah. It's kind of the point where you're like, that. really it's all about like other people. It's also another reason why like stuff like our podcast is important because we don't get to hang out like we used to. And this is a way for us to stay in touch as well as spot out a bunch of gaming knowledge to the community. Oh man, the last two episodes have been like a sick vortex. It's great. <laughs> so I guess at that point, I guess uh, another episode down. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like. That's hilariousness. Holy shit, yeah. We need to stop another episode. Alright, well, and stop. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!